new series tonight for The Blend. And hey, Free Life, you guys are welcome to join us tonight. We're going to have a great time. We're, we're calling this series Address the Mess. Address the Mess. And, and what we're going to be doing for these next several weeks at The Blend is we're going to be talking about different kind of uh, mental illnesses that we can put on ourselves. Uh, what we're not talking about is clinically diagnosed. I'm very grateful for doctors, and I do understand that there's a difference between a chemical imbalance that should be treated versus a, something that we do to ourselves or an anxiety or a worry that comes upon ourselves that we do to ourselves. And so tonight we're going to be talking about anxiety. And I think that this is going to be a subject that all of us can relate to in some kind of way, shape, or form. And so what is anxiety? Anxiety is a feeling of worry, of nervousness, or unease. Has anybody ever felt anxious before? Have you ever felt anxious before? Yes, yes, it's 2020. I think we all have by now. We, we have felt that in some kind of way. But let me give you some quick statistics about anxiety just here in America. Anxiety is actually the most common mental disorder uh, in the U.S., affecting more than 40 million adults. That study was conducted in 2020. That is a current statistic. Uh, people who deal with, struggle with anxiety are three to five times more likely to go to the doctor for no reason at all, making up something, or they have so thought it out in their head that their body is reacting to something that they thought up. Uh, women are twice as likely to have or struggle with anxiety as men are. So women, y'all got it tough all the way around. Y'all just way better than us men. Y'all stronger than us. Because God knew not to give that to the men. Because we cannot handle that. We cannot handle that. And then two out of three teens today say that they struggle with anxiety. Anxiety is a real deal, and it, and it doesn't matter if you're the CEO of a company or if you're in sixth grade. We are all dealing with brand new stressors in our life that cause a response, a fight or flight inside of us. And how we respond to that or how we are equipped to respond to that makes a difference for where then we're going to go in our life. You know, the, God knew that we were going to be dealing with this very thing. He knew it so well that we're actually going to be reading a passage in Matthew 6, God said, or Jesus says, do not be anxious three times in this one set of passages. It's like nine verses. Jesus said, don't be anxious three times. I think he knew that we would have a hard time with this. I think he knew that. So they're going to have the, the verses on the screen. I just want to read these verses real quick. Then we're going to dissect them and then keep going on. So starting Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? 
And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. He was not put together like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the fields, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. People that don't even believe in me, people who don't even believe in Jesus, seek after these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. There's many times, if I'm looking back in my life, uh, I put things out of order, and because of my lack of order, I get anxious. Let, 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 me, let me explain that. My, my, my mom told me this all the time growing up. I was majoring on the minors. I was majoring on the minors. And, and so what, what, what are some examples of that? Okay, so, so I played football growing up, and uh, I, I wasn't as good as our LG boys. Jeremy, I see you right there. I wasn't as good as our LG cast, but, but I, did, I did play football growing up. And I remember as a kid, and even now, I always dealt with my height. If you didn't know standing next to me, I'm not that tall. I, I, I'm not. I always dealt with my height, but I got so worried. And I was so worried because the girls in the class started getting taller than me. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm trying to say I'm a football player, but I'm so short. What's going on? And I was freaking out, and I was so focused on the thing that I could not control that I wasn't doing anything with what I could control, my working out, my speed and agility, my practicing extra hard. So I was so focused on what I had no power over that I had completely lost sight of what I could handle in my life. Okay, maybe you're not an athlete. Maybe, maybe it was dating. Maybe it was dating. Do you remember that? <laughs> Students, don't date headaches, that'll give you anxiety alone. No, remember back when you were dating students? Students, maybe, maybe you've kind of recently gone through this. Maybe you're like, you know what? I just want a boyfriend or I just want a girlfriend so bad that I don't even care who it is. I just want it to be somebody. So I'm majoring on the minor. The minor is the boyfriend. The major is who is that boyfriend? Parents, can I get an Amen. I mean, that, that, that makes a difference. And so now you're dealing with all this added stress of the wrong person just because we had a out of order. You know, sometimes we, we do this with God too. You know, in, in Matthew 6, 25, like we were just reading, the last part of that verse says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus is saying, aren't you more than just a mannequin? that gets dressed every morning or at least throws something on every morning? Aren't you more than, than someone who just consumes McDonald's and Chipotle and Burger King and nasty school cafeteria food and all that? Aren't you more than that? You, we all are, but there's times in our life where we have rearranged the order in order to put God out of order. We, we, we've misplaced where we put him. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is David, and I love him because he spoke so real, but he always put God in his rightful place. 
He would tell God how angry and how mad he was. Do you not care about me? Do you not love me? But you are God. And I know that you love me. And I know that you care about me. David always put the correct order in. And so maybe you relate with some of these. We, we've maybe put this out of order. I trust God, but I just got fired from my job. And, and now I can't provide for my family. When, when, we, when we can put it in order of, is that I have no idea how I'm going to provide for my family. And, and I'm, I'm, kinda, I'm feeling some kind of way with it, but I just know God is going to do something. I, I, I don't know what. I'm not trying to be extra spooky spiritual. I don't, it's not that, but I just ha, I, I believe it. it. I either believe it or I don't, right? Or I trust God, but I'm too young and my problems are too small for him to care for. When, when we put it in its rightful place, it's, I might be young. This might not be the world's biggest problem, but I'm God's favorite. And he cares for anything and everything that I'm going through. Doesn't matter how big or how small it is, he cares. There's no, there's no scaling system with him. He either does care or he doesn't. And thankfully, he does care for all of us. Or I trust God, but I'm not seeing a change for that one thing that I keep praying for. To, I'm not sure what's changing right now. I'm not sure what God's doing in the background. But I just have to believe that God is doing what he can do. And that's going to be the best thing for my life. We, we should believe that God wants to bless us and not harm us. And when the Bible says it, that's, it is that black and white. That, that is what it is. So when we put God in his proper position then we will see our progression in life. When we put God in his proper position as you have the final say, the cross has the final word, then all of our problems will fall underneath to whatever God says at the end. We have to put him in his proper position. But then that raises the question to me of if God knew this was going to be something that we would have such a hard time dealing with, why do we have to deal with it? Like, why? Like, as a kid growing up, my mom, there was things that my mom and dad knew that I was going to have to deal with that they could have told me not to do it, but they let me do it anyway so I could learn my lesson. I was like, okay, well, God, could you teach me the lesson in another kind of a way? Like, why do I have to go through this? God allows us to deal with worrying so that he can have the opportunity to show us that he is God. Again, worrying has to do with us not knowing what that end result, that end product is. I'm worried because I'm unsure. I'm worried because I can't see the end, but God sees it. And so we're either gonna hold on to it with our own worry, or we're gonna turn to God of, listen, I have no idea what this is, but when I stay in connection with you, you will show me what that end goal is going to be, what that end thing is. We give him that opportunity, but it's up to us to accept his offer into that situation that we're dealing with. Now, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 
I want to speak on two points real quick in this verse. Number one, I grew up in the church, and I used to hear the term all the time, God won't give you more than you can bear. God won't give you more than you can bear. Yes, he will, slick. Yeah, he will. God will not give us more than we can bear with him on our side. When we do life with him, we have a different kind of a strength. We have a different kind of an energy. We have a different kind of tenacity to go after life. If we were doing life without God, yes, it would be way more than we can bear. But when we do life with God, it will never be anything more than we can bear because he's gonna be a part and on the inside of us. But then it says that he's gonna provide a way of escape. This is that opportunity. It's, hey, I'm telling you with a big neon sign, choose this door, but he's not forcing us into it. It, it is our choice to, to decide where we're going to go. And so that's when we just believe that the greater is he that is in me than the he that's in the world. So I have a choice of what I choose now to believe. So when I, when I have these anxious thoughts, when I'm dealing with things, when, when worry starts to creep in and it goes from concern to worry, to now anxiety. I have the option to, am I going to stay in this mode or am I going to allow myself to believe something that I can't comprehend, but that I know will happen? We're either going to believe in our humanity or God's divinity. And at the end of the day, our humanity will not be able to solve that issue. I'm grateful for doctors. I'm grateful for physicians. I'm grateful for everybody that we have. But at the end of the day, God's divinity has the final word but we have to choose to accept it. So what is our way of escape that he says, this is for you? What is that way of escape? We read it in the last two verses, Matthew 6, 33 and 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. What is all these things? All these things is everything that you need. All these things. So like, for, for my thoughts to kind of go away, yep, that. For, for my finances to kind of pick up, yep, that. For, for, for me to get a better friend group, uh-huh, it's included in there. For, for that housing situation to get better, yep. For, for parents, for, for that one student of yours that you've been praying for or that one grown adult of yours that you've been praying for that, that ain't just getting it together, yep, it, it means that as well. All these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There's a story that I love to go to in Exodus chapter 16. Moses just brought the Israelites out of Egypt from slavery. They were there for hundreds of years. And as they were, uh, as they were going... Uh, they had no food. They were literally in the wilderness. Uh, students, y'all know it's hard enough making it through the day with like that early lunch period and then making it through the rest of the day. Imagine just like knowing you don't have food coming. Like that would be tough. And so they don't have any food coming. So the Israelites, they're telling Moses, they're like, yo, bro, did you bring us out of Egypt just so you could kill us out here? Because like back over there, I might have been a slave, but I was eating rice and beans, bro. I mean, I don't know if they was eating rice and beans, but like my people, we, we be eating rice and beans. We, we was eating Uncle Apps. Like we were straight when we was out there. But now like it, it's, it's not connecting. And Moses was praying to God and God, God told Moses, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to tell everybody I'm going to be raining food down from heaven. 
And what I want you to do is I want everybody from their family to gather enough food for the day. Enough food for the day. And then on the sixth day, I want you to grab enough food for two days because they did not do any work on the Sabbath in that time. So I want you to grab enough food for two days. If you try to eat the food in the morning from yesterday, the worms of the earth will consume that food and you will not be able to eat it. So they said, okay, whatever you say, whatever you say. And so if it was me, I'd have had a hard time. Like I, I obey rules. Not speed limits, but I obey rules. But like, I would, like you're talking about food here. Like I like to eat. Like I work out so I can eat more. Like I like to eat. And so you're telling me I can only get this much food, but I know I'm going to be hungry in the morning. Why can't I just grab like one more little thing now? Like put it in my back pocket. And there were actually some that they did try to do that. They, they did try to store their food and the worms of the earth did eat them. But why did God say to do that? You know, when God says something, there's actually a reasoning behind it, right? Why, why did God say to do that? Because in Lamentations 3, the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Every morning. And so God was saying, hey, I need you to allow me to show you that I'm God and this ain't a fluke thing. That, that, that I'm God and I'm not just doing this. It, it's not, I, you didn't just win the lottery in, in food came. I can do this on call, on demand, whenever I want to, however I want to. However much I want to give you, I can give you because he has the full capacity to do so. So the question then comes to us, are we buying in? to God being that all-powerful resource that we need. Now, in here, we're talking about food, but for some of us, we're talking about a peace in our mind. Do I believe that God can give me a peace of my mind every day? Or do I come to church on a Sunday? Or do I come to church on a Wednesday night? And I get so full of this emotion. And the message that Pastor Scott or Pastor Cindy brings sounds amazing. And it is so connecting with my spirit that I feel now empowered. But then as soon as Monday comes, I feel like I'm lost for the next six days because I don't have church. When God is mobile, he goes wherever you go. Students, he goes wherever you go. When you go to your friend's house, he's there. When you go to the gym, he's there. When you go to your mom's house, your dad's house, your uncle's house, your auntie's house, he's there. So we have to believe that God will restore that peace, restore that understanding, restore that calmness every day of our life. That's why that verse says, don't be anxious about tomorrow because tomorrow will be anxious for itself. There's going to be something new that's going to come tomorrow, but with that anxiousness, that, those problems, those stressors that are going to come tomorrow, God also has some mercy and some favor and some peace that is going to come alongside with it, that is just going to build up over the top, that will overpower whatever it is that we might be going through. So there's two things that we need to do if we're going to overcome anxiety. Two things. Number one, we need to pray. I'm not talking about praying over your food. And that's great, do it. I'm not talking about that recited prayer that we say before bed. And that's great, keep doing that. 
The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Caleb, it's such an easy thing to say, just pray. He said it's the answer. He said, don't be anxious, just do this. So when I have an anxious thought in my head, in the word anxious, seven letters. Three on the right, three on the left. The middle, word, the middle letter is I. When I'm feeling anxious, I'm thinking about myself. Let's go pride. Five letters. Two letters on the right, two letters on the left. The middle letter is I. So when I'm feeling anxious, I'm thinking about myself, which is prideful, which is still thinking about myself. When I'm praying, I can't think about myself because I'm praying to someone. When I'm having a conversation, when I'm talking to Sean, I'm not thinking about myself because my focus is on him. My words are directed at him. When we're praying to God, we have no way of focusing on ourselves because we're focused on the person that we're talking to. We need to pray. So whether it's when you're driving in your car on the way to school, when you're riding in the bus, if you need to go take a bathroom break in the middle of a class because you just get overwhelmed at this random point where I just can't take it and go and pray. Get Jesus involved in your situation and watch what happens. Get Jesus involved. If it's in the middle of a football game, I know what it is to make a tackle or get tackled and then stand up and I'm walking and I'm praying on the, on the way back to the huddle because God doesn't have a time limit of saying, you have to pray for this long and you have to use these words and it has to be in this kind of a setting. No, Jesus said, listen, you got me on speed dial. Let's talk. Let's do life together. This isn't an appointment that we get set. If I'm your father, then you truly do have direct access to me, not a nine to five appointment. So use the ability that he's given us. But then I love that it says praying with thanksgiving because when we pray with thanksgiving, that is going back to what we said earlier, putting the right order. God, I know I'm struggling with this, but I know I have a whole lot I can be thankful for. Man, I'm, I might have this thing that I'm battling, but hey, I'm here another day. I, I know I might have this relationship thing that's going on, but hey, at least I have people in my life. When we put that proper order in, we give God that thanksgiving, our prayer connects to heaven, and God has no choice but to respond. He has no choice but to respond in your life. You guys can stand to your feet. That first point, how can we overcome anxiety? What do we need to do to do it? Again, number one is pray. And then number two, we really need to get people who challenge us. Our world, our culture today gets people in your corner who make you feel good. Tell me when the last time making you feel good actually brought growth. It, 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 it doesn't. I, I'm in this thing right now called Activate. Uh, it's a class that we're doing here at Free Life Chapel. Many of you in the room are in Activate uh, as well. And, and it's such a great time. But basically what we're doing is we're putting ourselves under stress of a scholastic environment to learn more about God. Who would do that? Not someone who's trying to feel comfortable. 
I promise you, I got a paper due next week. <laughs> that part too. It, it, it's not about that. It's about growth. Grow. In order to grow, we have to put ourselves in an uncomfortable position. Our bed is some of the most comfortable. Don't you love your bed? Who loves their bed? I absolutely love my bed. I get more comfortable the longer that I lay in it. Why? Because I start to sink in it more. I don't even realize how deep I'm sinking, but comfort makes you sink without realizing. Comfort will make you sink without realizing. So comfort in your friend group, people who aren't challenging you to grow, people who aren't challenging you, students, to do better in school. Listen, a 3-5 GPA is great. A 2-5 GPA is great. Go for a 2-6. Why not? Listen, at the end of the day, my mom used to tell me this growing up. It had nothing to do with what that number actually read and everything to do with the amount of effort that I was putting into it. What effort are we putting into our life? Who are we choosing to surround ourselves with to move us forward in life and not keep us in the same place because there's no such thing as neutral in our life. We are either progressing or we are regressing. It is up to us to decide that. But as we have heard so many times here at Free Life, voices determine choices in our life. So do we have friends that, as this thing said, but in all things first, look for the kingdom of heaven. Do we have people who are pointing us to God or are we hanging out with people who are doing the exact opposite? I know what it is to outgrow some friends, students. I know what it is to feel awkward sitting at a table with people who I know I probably should not be sitting with, but I have a fake smile on my face acting like I'm enjoying the conversation. And I, I, I know what that feels like, and we have different scenarios, and we handle things differently, so I don't know what you're going through, but I know what that scenario is like. We have to make sure we're putting the right people in our life. We got to make sure we're putting people who don't let us have a, a pity party. You talk about feeling anxious. Talk about worrying with somebody. Okay? Let that one person call you two times a day, every single day, to complain to you. How long do you want to be around them? Listen, I'm all about helping one of my friends out. And if you got a problem, like, let's come talk to me. But if we can't smile at some point, if we can't talk about nothing good and true, like, my phone might get cut off at some point. Like, it might get on do not disturb real quick. But then I don't want to be that for somebody else if that's the expectation I have on me. Something I, I had something come up on Monday. I'm, I'm a very scheduled person. I had something come up on Monday, and I wasn't able to. It, some, it was something that I could not control. An appointment that I had completely got flipped, and I was annoyed. Ah, I was annoyed. I was annoyed. I was annoyed. I was annoyed. And I'm, I'm texting Ramon, and I'm texting Liz, and I'm going back and forth with them. And Ramon, he, he kind of sat there with me for a second. He was like, man, I, I know that sucks. I, I hate that for you. I hate that that happened, but it's okay. It, it's going to happen tomorrow, so you'll, so you'll be okay. I was like, I, I still want to be mad. Don't, don't tell me it's okay right, right now. Liz, I get home, and I'm, I'm telling her about it, and I was like, oh, but I'm giving myself till 10 o'clock to be mad at it, and then I got to just keep going on with my life. Why? 
because I don't want to be, I don't want to let that little insignificant thing that it was for me on that Monday to grow from a concern to worry, from then a worry to an anxiety of, oh my gosh, now my week got a lot crazier than what I thought it was going to. Anybody ever have a crazy week just run up on you? Who do you have in your life to smack you? Not literally. Students don't tell this. Pastor Caleb said, go smack somebody. No. But who do you have to smack you back into reality? Of Hey, refocus. Get a grip. Figure out what life is. Again, let's put a proper perspective on what's going on, and let's move forward with this thing. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. We should want someone to speak truth to us, but then we should be speaking truth to others. We should be that good friend for someone. And we need that as well. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much that we get to come and we get to be with you and talk with you and hang out with you on a Wednesday night, just like we would on a Sunday morning. Father God, I pray over every single person that is in this room that is dealing with something that was a concern that then turned to worry that now is being struggled with anxiety. Father God, for the things that we're allowing to build up more in our head that we now no longer have control of a situation that was in our control. Father God, I pray that you send a peace brand new every single day. You're that battery that never runs out. You never run on empty. You are always full. And Father God, I pray that as we continue to pursue you, as we continue to put you first in our life, making sure that we have the right order, keeping you at the forefront and having the final word, that as we do that, Father God, that you give us that peace that surpasses understanding, that a doctor can't explain, that friends will think that we're crazy, that we will even wonder what happened, but it's your hand that is over our life that is doing this. I want to do this real quick, students. If you're in the room, you keep your heads bowed. If you feel an overwhelming amount of anxiety in your life. If you raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Students, what you're going through is just as real as every one of these adults that is in this room. And don't let anybody tell you any different. What you're going through is the biggest thing that you've ever gone through. But God cares about that too. And you do not have to be held a victim to your own mentality. God will set us free from that. We just have to allow him. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.